Thought Bubble Audio. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is the best thing from 2021. It's Frank. How are you today? That is a lot. That is a lot of pressure. I don't know if I can handle it, but I will do my best to carry it gracefully. Well, if it makes you feel any better, you know, the 20, uh, 2021 is over. So, you know, you don't really, you know, have to carry that. Tor- I guess that's that true. And also, it was kind of a crap year. So it's just sort of like by default. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll take it. So, Frank, what are you drinking today? I am drinking an Oscar Blues Brewery. Imperial Red IPA. It is their Gnight uh, Imperial Red Ooh. IPA. Um, so I, I like found that. this in the back Good of my night, fridge. 2021. Good night, 2021. Bye bye. Um, yeah, I found this one uh, knocking around the back of my fridge and didn't realize it was still there, but it was sort of a happy surprise. So, um, so there you go. Yeah, saying good night to 2021. What are you drinking? That is very cool. Um, I am drinking a Till It Shines. Um, a collaborative beer, uh, which is a Kolsch, and it's a collaborative beer between two different brewing companies, which I thought was really cool. It is brewed and collaborate. It is from the Proclamation Ale Company in Warwick, Rhode Island, which is near me. Um, brewed in collaboration with the Kent Falls Brewing Company, uh, into which I have zero idea where they are because um, it is not on the can. But it is a Kolsch. And it is delicious, and I thought it was appropriate because Till It Shines, because, you know, like the new year, the ball drops, it's all shiny and stuff. And also because this is highlights, lowlights, and, uh, you know, shining is a part of it. But not The Shining, which came out in 1980 and will not be a part of the um, best of no. list, though it is very good. Yes, it just didn't come out this year, so, you know, legally not not allowed. Yeah, know. just, you know, no, we're a little far removed from The Shining. A bit. A bit. Yeah, but yeah. That's, so, that's okay. Yeah, a bit. So, um, it is. Yeah, that is a good Kolsch. Oh, can's big too. So I get a lot of Kolsch. I love a Kolsch. I really do. I really Me do. Too. Love it's so good. Kolsch better than lager. Uh, Kolsch better there. than lager. Yes, I will agree. Kolsch better than lager. I'll I'll go along with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll co-sign that. Um, I did use my one lookup already uh, to find out that the Kent Falls Brewing Company is based out of Kent, Connecticut. So there you go. Oh, wonderful! There you go. I wonder if Clark lives there. <laughs> uh, nerds. <laughs> nerds. Anyway, we're here we are on Beer with Geeks being nerds. Who'd have thought? So here's the here them the rules for um the best of highlights, lowlights. Go through a bunch of stuff, whether we watched it. Um, is it a highlight or a low light? Highlight meaning it was good, low light meaning 
it was fine too. It was terrible. Um, and uh, but mostly, I I think I only really have a lot of I have a lot of highlights here, not tons of lowlights. But if I did come across something like one of us came across the same thing that either of us came across, we can say whether it was a highlight for us or a lowlight. Because if we went through everything that we watched or everything that we read or whatever this whole year, then we would be here for Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as of right now, as of um, this day on uh, this podcast, the day we were recording, I am on book 147 of 150 for the year. Wow. That's impressive. Right. Thank you. Um, Thank you very much. Uh, so if I went through every single one of those books, then I would have no show on read up the book about the podcast about books, which you can find on the Thought Bubble Audio Network. What you're listening to right now nice. at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. Great. What a segue. Great segue. Which is something that is not on my highlight low light list either. Um, <laughs> so, Frank, give me what, give me something from you. What is a highlight low light? Okay. I'll start with a highlight. Um I'll start with, I don't remember if I talked about this on the show or not, um, but AMC's new series, Kevin Can F Himself. Um, no, you did not talk did about not. that. Are you familiar with it at all? Or have you, uh, have no, you? Okay. I have not. So um, it is such an interesting concept for a show. It is the uh, perspective of a... You have a typical sitcom like uh, 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 Everybody Loves Raymond or a Seinfeld, that style of sitcom, right? Where you, let's, let's look at Everybody Loves Raymond in particular, because you've got the husband who is like maybe getting into get himself into trouble. And you've got the oh, wife. I do know this show. Yes, you have, have I talked, talked about, about it? Okay. this show before. And, and yes. she's always sort of the one who's like crossing her arms and is like, oh, I can't believe you did the. You know, it's, it's actually sort of like the flip of like the Lucy and Ricky dynamic, right? Where Ricky's the one like Lucy mm-hmm. um, and Lucy's getting herself in trouble, right? Well, it's a it's a, a take on that uh, premise, but it's from the wife's perspective where she's like watching him always get into these crazy situations and having to pick up the pieces later. And um, and it's this very interesting thing where, where whenever he leaves the room, it changes from a three camera sitcom to a to a like sort of d- darkly lit drama, a single camera, single camera drama. Yeah. Um, and 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 the tone just shifts. It's such an interesting show and such a cool show and like a. Uh, uh, such a uh, different perspective. Um, and, and she is like, she starts this as this very demure, um, sort of, uh, getting, getting, uh, bulldozed by him all the time. Um, and gradually, gradually becomes more and more empowered. And by the end of the season, it just, it just, things go off the rails and it's crazy. Um, just how empowered she gets, which I won't spoil, but it's a very, very good show and I highly recommend it. Um, so Kevin Kenneth himself on AMC. That sounds awesome. I will stick with the television, same as you. Reservation Dogs on um, FX, which I watched on Hulu. Yes, I watched on Hulu, which is Taika Waititi's uh, show about um, teenagers, Native American teenagers on a reservation. And their, like, big dream is to go to California. And the show is kind of about them, like, attempting to get out of the reservation. But it's got this um, uh, magical realism thing attached to it so like one kid has like vision quests like he has visions of like an ancestor but like it's like the guy shows up he's like yeah like i was at the i was at the battle of custer hill and blah 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 but you know i was in the back like i missed the whole thing and then i tripped and my horse fell on me and i died oh like that was like it's so 
funny, but also extremely tender, mm. can be heartwarming, slaps you in the face just with some cold realism sometimes, like what life on a reservation can uh, be like, the, the, the horribleness of it. Um, but it was wonderful everybody involved is native some yes. of some kind so like the the writers the crew um everybody and even taika watiti who's not native american obviously but he grew up on uh something akin to a reservation in new mm-hmm. zealand and so like the subject even uh so even though the it's an american production the subject was a uh, matter was very close to him uh so i couldn't rec- i can't recommend it enough it was kind of uh um, the tra- the trailers didn't sell it to okay. me, uh, and I was like, I don't really want to watch that. That looks terrible. And then I watched it. I was like, this is great. Everybody needs to watch this right now. Um, so I do recommend Reservation Dogs. That was one of the best things that I'd watched this that, year. I had seen that advertised a lot on, on Hulu, but didn't really get a real feel for what it was for. And I heard it talked about a little bit, but that's that's the the sort of the best explanation of it that I've heard, and I'm intrigued by that. It has the the cleverness of Watiti mm. um, without um, uh, maybe with a little, maybe with a little bit more um, an injection of realism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, he can be, his stuff is pretty wild or absurdist. Uh, and it doesn't, apart from some of the, like the, the mythical aspects, which are not tons uh, it doesn't. It's it's not really super absurdist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do. I I yeah. I do recommend. Nice. It's 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 excellent. Right on. Uh, give me one of yours. Mine is actually also a Hulu one. Um, only murders in the building. I guess I'll have you to do, watch that. You will, you will. So it's yeah. so made for you, man. Because I mean, so it's it's Steve Martin. It's Martin Short. I know you know that. It's Selena Gomez. Uh, the three of them are these three strangers who happen to live in the same apartment building all happen to be obsessed with true crime um, and true crime podcasts. Uh, And Mm -hmm. then they are brought together when a murder happens in their building. And because of their shared obsession with true crime podcasts, the three of them decide to start a true crime podcast about the murder that happened in their building and try to solve the murder. Uh, And they get themselves Mm -hmm. uh, entangled in it. And, you know, typical sort of, murder mystery TV show thing where like now the murderer is after them and that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And they get involved in, in the mystery as much as they're trying to solve it, but it's so smart and funny. Like it is the best sort of pseudo pseudo detective show in, in the vein of like a Matlock or a diagnosis murder type of a thing where it's like, I'm not actually like, it's not a, not a detective show in the sense of being a cop show, but in the sense of an amateur detective trying to, trying to solve uh, mysteries. And how fun it is and how the three of them become closer. And I mean, it's, it's Steve Martin and Martin short, like the two of them, you can't, you, you can't go, go wrong. wrong with them. And Selena yeah. Gomez is fantastic. I've never really seen her act. I just, I mean, I'm just not, haven't followed her career that closely. She's fantastic in this. Like she is such a like Was, foil for the two of them. And, and like, you know, just sort of, they develop this rapport of like, Oh, shut up old man. Let me just, it's, it's so fun and, and so charming and heartwarming and, and, uh, there are some twists that will surprise you, and uh, it, it's it's really, really excellent, excellent writing. I did see uh, an article recently um, about like what are the best, some of the best performances of the year, and she was one of them from that yeah. show. Um, and some of the like other ones were like really class act performances. Like you're definitely going to get nominated for an Emmy later this uh, later this season, and and 
and she was on that list, and I thought that was that was great for her. I think she w- I think she will. I-, I think she should. There were a couple of moments where like we turned to each other and we were like, "That's her. That's her Emmy right there." Like there were a couple of scenes that were really stood out. So that's, yeah, that's really great. great show. All right, next one for me is Made on Netflix, um, which I think I texted you and told you just to watch, told me about this recently. Yeah, much where it yeah. all landed. Yeah, so um, it is. It is definitely the best thing I watched this year, actually, like hands down. It's incredible. There's a true story uh, about this woman who um, has uh, a three-year-old daughter, and she um, is in an abusive uh, um, relationship with a boyfriend. And like the show opens with her leaving with her three-year-old in the middle of the night. Uh, No job, no prospects, whatever. And so, and it's all about her, you know, like, becoming a maid, being a maid in like trying to work the system that is supposed to help her, but actually really only hinders her along the way. Um, and so, and then her continued relationship with the ex-boyfriend because he's also the father. So he's got to be in his life and her mom who is in her own, like, like abusive relationship, but she's like wild and crazy and feels the, like the mantra and the katra and like all that stuff. And she's like her own worst enemy. She doesn't help. Like it is just incredibly good storytelling and the performances are out of this world. And McDowell plays the mother. Oh, um, that's awesome. I love and, her. And yeah, she's excellent. And the, the, um, the lead of the show is her, her real daughter oh, in real cool. life. Uh, and so it's their dynamic is unbelievable. Um, I cannot recommend it enough. It's a limited series. Okay. So like you're in and you're out in 10 episodes and it is, it's a tough watch because like, you know, she ends up in like crisis shelters mm-hmm. and like all this stuff, but it is just so friggin' good. Oh. Um, and I, I mean, you know, it's a true story and like they made it like a Netflix show about it. So like, maybe sure. there's like a happy ending involved of some kind, like perhaps. Um, so like, it's not like. It's not like, you know, you want to, like, pull your eyes out sad by the end. Like, there is, like, hopefulness attached to it. Um, wonderful people in her life that, you know, that come along. and But you just, oh, it's the best. It was it was so good. I can't, I like, everybody should watch it. That is high praise. Everybody. That is high praise yeah. that it was your favorite thing of the year. And that- yeah. And I, you wouldn't think so. Yeah. You know, and there's been some excellent yeah, stuff yeah. this year. And, like, this is a uh, you know, nerdy podcast. There was a lot of good nerd stuff. There was a lot of geek stuff for sure. Year. That was excellent, but made just pushed it all. Uh, and that's out, on Netflix. Yes. Yeah, right on. on Netflix. Yep. Right on. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to stick with another Hulu one. <laughs> I watched a lot of Hulu this year. I'm realizing, you know, I Hulu is like, oh, maybe I should get rid of Hulu. And then I think about all the stuff that I've actually watched on Hulu. I'm like, I know. Yeah. There's a lot of good content. There is, on there. There's good stuff on there. Yeah. Um, this one is definitely, <laughs> This is the most one of the most frank ones that I could have picked, uh, but it is called McCartney three two one, and it is a, a five or six part uh, limited series that Paul McCartney did, um, mm-hmm. where he sits down and it's it's actually sort of driven uh, by record producer Rick Rubin, um, who uh, he's he's an American record producer. He's uh, best known for for he worked with like Russell Simmons and um, Red Hot Chili Peppers and uh, he famously pre produced like the, Johnny Cash's like late stuff like towards the end of his career that where he like mm. started doing like covers of other stuff. So Rick Rubin is like this you know 
well-known uh, music producer, he grabbed Paul McCartney and was like, I want to sit down with you and just ask you about your songs and like how they got written, how they got recorded. Like, and so it's just this two musicians talking to each other. And there, the, the interesting thing is he got, he got permission to ask Paul McCartney to, to, um, to play like the, play the songs from all throughout his career. He doesn't just pick, he, he picks popular songs, but also some deeper cuts and and they're listening to the actual like multi tracks of the song, so they can like turn down the mm-hmm. bass or turn down the vocals and just listen to like oh listen to the guitar right there. And he's asking him these like very in depth questions for somebody I've watched I don't know how many hours of Paul McCartney interviews over the course of my life, and I've heard him tell the same stories over and over again about how he wrote yesterday, mm-hmm. how he wrote Let It Be, and like all same stories over and over again. But Rick Rubin has this like curiosity and just kept keep di- kept digging and digging and digging and asking him questions that I've never heard him answer before. Um, so it was a really interesting, they're half an hour. I think the whole series is two or three hours long. Um, and which is just a drop in the bucket compared to the other. Beatles exactly. Thing that has come yeah, out this year. yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just a couple hours and it's fascinating. Um, I, I would say no, you know, the other Beatles thing, the, the get back documentary that you have to be a super fan to appreciate this. You can appreciate at any level um, because it really is, much more quickly paced and much more suited to like a, a mass audience. Um, so he, I mean, it covers Beatles stuff. It covers a little bit of wings and his solo career. It's primarily Beatles, but, but he talks about some of the, the later stuff in his career as well. And, and yeah, it's just, it's really interesting because he tells all the stories I've heard before, but also a ton that I have not heard before. So um, if you, whether you're new and, and new to his uh, catalog and is curious about how he, he works as an artist and, and that kind of thing. Um, it was really, really interesting how we write songs, how, how songs were recorded, how songs shaped up to be the way they were. Um, yeah. So McCartney three, two, one on Hulu. Loved it. Very cool. Uh, I'm one of my, uh, again, favorite, I'll stick with Netflix. This, uh, again, one of my favorite things, I think I talked about it on the podcast already is midnight mass. Yes. Mike Flanagan's midnight mass. Um, cannot reiterate how good that was for me like over and over again. I know not everybody was up on it, mm. but I think a, mostly everyone agrees that it's the best thing that he's done so far yeah. out of, in, in a career that is pretty stellar. Um, like if uh, for horror fans, cause it's like that it's slow burn existential horror and it's, um, it is awesome. So, and I've already talked about it on the podcast, so I'm not going to sure. reiterate anything here, but, um, midnight mass, mass. do watch. I'll give you a quick hit that you I a, a quick hit for something that I talked about on the podcast as well, and that is Bo Burnham's Inside. Uh, I knew you yeah. were going to say that. It was also on it my list. Definitely one of the best things. One this of the year. best things I watched this year. One of the things that affected me the most, and just gave me so much food for thought, so much music that I still sing around my house on an almost daily basis. Um, just absolutely fantastic. We did a whole episode on it, and then and then. Tim, when you watched it, we did a little bit of follow up, so I won't go too deep on it. But like, just to say, that was one of the best things I watched this year, and and at the end of the year, I still feel that way. Cool. I'm gonna cover. Two, I'm just gonna actually combine two things that we also did episodes on, so I don't want to um, to go too deep. But uh, No Time to Die, mm. uh, I freaking loved. I think it was really one of the best things yeah. that I watched this year. Um, and Dune for me was nice. also one of the best okay. things that I watched this year. Um, actually caused me to go and reread the first book, which I enjoyed more on rereading because I had uh, maybe a better conceptualization sure. of it. And I went on to read books two and three, and uh, which I liked too. 
Um, it was like a deconstruction of what he had done in the first one. And then three was kind of like a kind of a wrap of the his the initial trilogy, um, which was and it was nice. wild and I loved it. It was great. So, so you'd so, read book one um, before. Had you read two or three before? No, right? Okay. Nope. I had only read book one and I like liked it. I didn't love it. I like I like I got what he was doing and I just like not that I wasn't on board, and maybe I just wasn't in the mood. Um and so so then I went um so I went back and I, I really and I was Maybe because I had maybe realigned like what it was, like what I was supposed to be reading instead of what, you know, the fan community or whatever told yeah, me I yeah, was reading. Sure. So, you know, as that happens sometimes. So I liked it more. And then I, I didn't have any context for Dunes 2 and 3. So I was just able to read them gotcha. as they were. And I very much nice. enjoyed them. So, yeah. So those are those were two quick hits for awesome. me. Awesome. Um, I will quickly talk about. Uh, the current season, it's not finished yet as I, as we're recording this, the current season of Doctor Who has been... Didn't it just It started start? several weeks ago at this point. Yeah, oh, yeah okay. we're probably halfway through the season now uh, as we record this. By the time you're hearing this, it might be uh, almost over, if not actually over. But it has been so far um, one of... It has been such a joy to me because I have I have loved Doctor Who for, for, for a long time now. And um, I felt it always goes through sort of good phases and less good uh, phases. Um, it it sort of goes up and down, right? And that's that's just sort of with a long running show, you're going to get that. Since Jodie Whittaker took over as the Doctor, um, that that also coincided with um, the creative a change in the creative team, change in the showrunner, and I felt like the quality of the storytelling wasn't quite up to snuff. And and a lot of people mm. felt this way. A lot of people also just didn't like Jodie Whittaker because they don't like a woman being the Doctor, and that's a different thing. I actually really liked her performance a lot, but it was the stories that mm -hmm. were not keeping me. This season is. She's still, she's still the doctor, a doctor. Right? She's make, still a doctor, yeah, okay. but I think the creative team has found their footing, and it's too bad because this is probably the last season for this creative team. But they're going out with a bang, it seems like, mm -hmm. and it is my favorite Doctor Who uh, season so far in five or six years, probably maybe more. Wow, um, that's big praise. That's huge yeah, praise. It is. It that's is. Great. It's some of the best stuff they've done in, in a long, long time. So um, I'm really, really enjoying it, and just like every week, they're they're pulling out all the stops so um it's it's cool. good stuff it's really really good stuff so this current season of doctor who called uh doctor who flux um has been has been fantastic really enjoying it and i hope i hope the season ends cool. on a good note so that i can <laughs> say that all the way to the end but but so far anyway no i'm kidding. just loving to see it a return to form cool uh one of mine is the documentary val mm. which is val kilmer's documentary about himself I which is slightly really wanted to, to um, see that actually i had forgotten about it's that. really really good like it's really really good so like he since he was a kid just documented his life just always filming something and so he used to like go on the film sets and he like he was like one of the first people like to have uh, like a handheld camera and he just went and he filmed every all this stuff and it like shows the room of like tapes and tapes and tapes and tapes and tapes and reels and reels and reels of all this stuff and he was like I'm just gonna make a documentary about my career like I have all this stuff like I might as well let people see a sign of me that they've never seen before um, you know he talks about having cancer and everything like that but like the focus is like his life, his career, what he was like, and all this stuff, like really what he wanted to do. And it just gave me such an insight into who he was and his character. Um, hmm. 
what he stood for. He doesn't really sugarcoat like his own decisions or his own light about stuff. And, um, you know, and I had almost forgotten like how much I've actually seen of his career and his filmography. Um, and then stuff that I didn't even know he did. Like he wrote a one man show about Mark Twain and toward the country doing it. Like, right. I did and, not like, know he that. He has like footage of it and, or I meet either. And he has footage of it. And it's like really good. Wow. Like really, really good. Um, and so I just, um, I was, I was, uh, intrigued. And so I actually watched with my wife who like, barely was cognizant of Val Kilmer at all, was like, he's Moses and the Prince of Egypt. That's sure. really all I know about <laughs> Val Kilmer. And um and uh and uh she um even she liked it. So nice. which was good you know, which is I guess is the mark of a good documentary because it's a it tells a good story. Right. Um whether you know the content of the subject matter or not. Right, right. Very cool. Yeah, that looked very interesting to me. I had seen like when it when it came out, I saw some clips on i don't know talk shows and whatnot and it looked really really interesting and and um yeah i have to say i guess it's on amazon prime so i'll have to check it out um mm -hmm. in the in the few minutes we have left do you want to do you have any more highlights you want to go through do you want to maybe do a speed round of low lights uh i got two i got me two more highlights maybe three hit me that i um one we've one we, I don't, well it's funny that you say hit me because we actually did a hit me with the best shot <laughs> on it and that's the masters of the universe mm. show on netflix um it's it did uh you know did its first five and then it just actually recently released the the second half of or season two the other five and it's strong like it's just so much fun um, and it got dark, um, you know, and I just really appreciated that not being a He-Man or Master of the Universe fan as a kid um, and just like being able to absorb myself in a world that people love. And like, I know really toxic fans weren't a fan of the show, but I know regular people liked it. So that's all that matters to me. Um, so I like that. Um, all the Marvel shows that Disney Plus has put out, um, you know, we've done episodes on all yep. of them. So um i just i'll kind of leave it i'll leave it there but you know those were definitely yep. some highlights i had loki on my list and for sure we don't talk about yeah um and so and i actually am really digging um it's only half done but the uh batwoman season three um oh. it's a it's a half season this year it's only 13 episodes and i've been really lukewarm on seasons one and two like i don't even think i finished season one and then i did watch season two, but kind of like when I got to it and like season three has been like, a, I will watch the next episode when it comes out nice. show like, and I don't know they've just the, the, maybe, maybe the more concise storytelling mixed with some really intriguing ideas. They've moved to like, okay, so if there's Batwoman who is like the next generation, here's the next generation of bat family. The season three has been about the next generation of bat villains. Um, and so it's like all of like Batman's trophies at the end of season two spoilers get like released into Gotham in a different way. So like different people have been picking them up. So it's like a new Mad Hatter and a new Mr. Freeze and nice. a new, um, new Poison Ivy and a new this and a new this and a new this. And so like and Renee Montoya's in it. Um, and it's it. been it's been really it's been really solid as a Batman fan or Bat family fan. Uh, that's been really fun to watch for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. That's mm. great. Yeah, I love that idea yeah. of like having a new generation of, of all those classic villains. That's a great idea. Um, I would, I yeah, mean, I'll, um, I'll, I'll just mention Superman and Lois season one was a highlight for me this year. Um, getting the podcast about it over at Superman and Lois TV talk was, was. was great, but just like 
just as a fan watching it, like it was just some really, really good Superman stuff. And, and having that, that different perspective of like, here's a Superman who's been Superman for 20 years already. And, and so it's not, it's not just the story of like, you know, him, not an origin story and not a discovering himself or anything like, like he's no, he's been doing the job for 20 years and he's already damn good at it. Um, and then it, the family dynamics, that stuff was really, really cool. And I loved that. Obviously talked about that a lot on another podcast. You can go there and hear my more in-depth thoughts on it over there. And then the last thing I'll mention was in the Heights in the Heights was like one of my favorite, like fun things I saw this year. Like it brought me a lot of joy. That's great. It was a great, a great uh, version of, of that show uh, adapted to, to the big screen. I just, and I've only seen it the once in the theater, but like it stuck with me. It was such a up, such an uplifting and like fun uh, viewing experience. I guess it helps. That it was my first movie back in the theaters since the end of or beginning of 2020. Totally. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was just mm, loved it. So in the heights makes the list. Oh, good. I am glad to, to hear, hear it. it. Um, uh, I want to do because I read a lot mm-hmm. of books this year. I just want to run through some books that I uh I very much enjoyed. Um, so I talked about Dune. I read this book called Hex by Thomas Old Hewilt, which is about a town in the Hudson Valley that is was cursed by a witch in the 1600s, and they just have perpetually lived with that curse for hundreds oh. of years. And so, like, the town's generation, they're, like, hundreds of years removed, and they're still living with the curse. So it's about, like, how they've adapted to living with the huh. curse in the town. And, like, she still shows up, but they, like, track her with apps, and they're like, <laughs> okay, Grandma is over here in this person's house, and, like, what happens when that all that kind of unravels? And it was it was fun. It was, it was really interesting. Um, I enjoyed that. Um, I read Taste, My Life Through Food, which is the um, Stanley Tucci memoir, which was amazing listen to it read it whatever it's so good especially if you love the two i do um but his cnn series by the way was also fantastic yes the uh yeah tour through italy yeah 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 i haven't watched it yet because i don't have cable so i was waiting for it to stream and now that it is but i don't want to watch it because i just want to eat pasta all the time if i watch it so um but uh, he gives some family recipes in the book which Mm -hmm. was really fun um so I read Stephen King's Billy Summers, which is about a hitman's last job, which I really liked. I read basically all of Frederick Bachman's books, like A Man Called Uva, Anxious People, Bear Town. Recommend all of them. Um, and it, let me see. Uh, I it took me over a year, but uh, in 2021, I finished all 15 books of the Wheel of Time. Wow, good for series, you. Which thank you. They're quite large. Yeah. Um, and it took a very long They're time. Like 15 but, uh, of them. That's crazy. I, yeah, there's 14 in the main story and one prequel. Okay. Um, and so I do recommend that. I also recommend the show on okay. Amazon Prime, which uh, is still going uh, as of recording this podcast. Mm-hmm. I think there are only four episodes in. Real fun. If you're looking for quality fantasy to, to kind of fill the void from Game of Thrones still, this is the way to go. Um, Project Hail Mary, which is the newest Andy Weir um, oh, book. Oh, okay. Um, from the, uh, which was... I think better than The Martian, personally. Whoa, it's okay. It's so good. And I love yeah. The Martian. Like, I've read it twice, and uh, Project Hail Mary is really good. Okay. Really, really good. It's about a guy that wakes up in a spaceship or a shuttle um, without any memory of how he got there. Ooh, it can um, be moon vibes. so he has to... Uh, yeah, but definitely not as trippy okay. as okay. moon. Um, but, uh, but so he has to, like... Like, the it's like... 
hibernation sickness mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he like his memories will come back as it goes. Do you like that really subtle Star Wars I do. reference? I do. I do. I gave you. Thing. Thank you. Um, uh, Star Wars. Speaking of Star Wars, Star Wars: The High Republic. I read. Yes. I've been reading all the young adult and um, regular books. The adult ones are okay, but I actually really like the young adult ones. I find them better. Um, Maybe because they're a little less serious mm. or they're more character driven, which is what good Star Wars really is. It's character driven. Um, so uh, so I've been enjoying those. Um, and it wouldn't be a nerd show if I didn't talk about some comics that I read that I really liked. So I'm yeah. going to go real rapid fire. Uh, the Swamp Thing by Ram V, his new new take on Swamp Thing, really liked. Uh, Nightwing by Tom Taylor has been excellent. If you like, even remotely care about Nightwing, it probably is the best thing I've ever seen Nightwing ever do. Whoa. Ever. Um, it's so good. All of it is just so good. Dang. It's like the Ted Lasso of comic books. It's just oh, amazing. Wow. Oh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, we've talked about it too. Um, Stray Dogs by Tony Fleeks, which is like um, All Dogs Go to Heaven meets Seven or Silence Whoa. of the Lambs or something like Whoa. that. Like, yeah, it's like, or it, yeah, it's just wild. It's, just, yeah, it's. Like if you, it's like Don Bluth cartoons for adults. <laughs> wow. Like in Don Bluth, and I mean, if you remember any Don Bluth cartoon, you're like they're always like serious and dark and will give you nightmares. Um, you know, for kids, right? maybe adults too. But um, yeah, Stray Dogs. It's about this dog that ends up in this like owner's like new house okay. full of all these other dogs, and the dog can't remember like how it got there. She's like, I had an owner, but I don't remember how and whatever else, and like. Like, uh, and then so it's like unraveling the mystery of how she ended up in that so house. Big memory gets... loss year for you this year. Lots yeah, of memory, memory loss. Well, you know, it was a tough year. <laughs> Frank, you know what? Um, we read to forget. Yes, we do. Um, Once in Future by Karen Gillan, which is like a like a, a redo of. Um, I think I've talked about it on the show before, actually, but it, it's like a like um all myths and the people who like protect the protect the yeah, world. Yeah. It's King Arthur and Beowulf and Gilgamesh, but it's like King Arthur's the bad guy. And it's like, the art is amazing. Dan Moore is, is the artist and it's so fun. Um, and finally, uh, James Tinian's run on Batman. Mm. I've been really enjoying because you can't, you know, I love me some Batman and it's been good fun. There it is. I've probably forgotten more, but uh, I mean, yeah, I've, it's, when you do best of, all of a sudden you're like, I've absorbed so much. Lot. Like, there's so much. There's so much more stuff I could. I mean, like, I haven't even. You know, the Beatles get back is uh, maybe the best thing I watched all year. Its own but thing. Like, we will. We will, we talk will about conquer it. it on, yeah. Exactly. It, yeah. So. Um, yeah. There's. Yeah. There's a lot that I haven't even gotten to mention yet, which I didn't even really mention some some lowlights, which is I think interesting that you know we we actually ended up seeing so much good content. Didn't have tons of lowlights to even talk about things yeah. that were just mediocre. You know, I find I find that as I was looking back and compiling my list this year, I didn't consume as much stuff that I didn't enjoy. And I feel like that's because I consumed so much of it at home. You know, like when you're going to the theater, mm. not everything's going to be a hit. Even if it looks good, you go to if, you, if you're seeing a lot of movies in the theater and you saw you used to see a lot of movies in the theater, more way more than I ever did. Um but not all of them are going to be winners, right? But when you're watching stuff at home, you right. can be a little bit more choosy about what you're going to watch, right? And like, and if it sucks, you can bail. Um, and and yeah. and I found that because of that, I consumed a lot more. The, the ratio of stuff I enjoyed to stuff I didn't enjoy was was a much more favorable ratio this year. 
you know, I, I that's a I agree. This and there's some stuff that was like Halloween Kills was not great, mm. um, but like I enjoyed old more than I thought. Venom Let There Be Carnage was a movie that okay. I watched. You know, like it, it was not really like it was not a low. It was not terrible. It wasn't great. It was a low mm. light. It wasn't mm-hmm, complete. Like mm-hmm. the lights didn't turn off. It was just on. <laughs> um, and there was some of that. You know, some of that going on um, to you know Muppets Haunted Mansion and. Red Notice was mm. like, like it was fun, but you know, like probably never watch it again. Sure. But you know, the people be hating on it, but I'm like, it's fine. It's what did you expect? You know, so, so, um, but yeah, but you're right. Not, but a lot of good stuff and stuff that I didn't even mention. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. For me, lowlights, yeah. I mean, like Rutherford Falls on Peacock was just okay. I had high hopes for it. Yep. I watched two episodes and gave up, I it, think. It got yeah. better after that, but not significant it was it was fine it was interesting but it wasn't it wasn't they didn't do what they could have done with it um honestly i kind of thought star wars the bad batch was just sort of okay it wasn't really for me totally forgot to watch the bad batch yeah that's a that was probably a low light like it started strong and it just kind of was there the rest of the time i think we said this in our episode on the show that like i think it's going to get better and i think it's probably going to end up being a very important part of the star wars canon when all said and done kind of like clone wars was just okay when it started and then it became this hugely important piece of the mythology. Yeah. Like I, I could see bad batch. Yeah, and that. rebels actually and rebels for that it's matter. Just yeah. Like just okay. Yeah. They are all slow starts. Yeah. So, so I could um, see that being yeah. the case. Um, you know, Eternals, we, I just didn't love it. Um, yep. No, that was, um, Godzilla versus Kong was just okay. Mortal Kombat was fine. Riot and the last dragon was fine. Like none of them were bad. They were all just like things that existed. Yeah. Um, you know what was good was Luca actually Pixar's Luca was oh, good. I, I really want to see that too. Yeah, that's another one that I just keep forgetting to to check out, and I actually really really yeah, want to. That was good. Oh, Batman Long Halloween. Oh yeah, parts that one was, and two. Didn't, yeah, that was that was solid. That was, solid. that was a highlight. Um, yeah. So there's been some there's been some quality stuff. I did watch Injustice, the animated take on Injustice, and a lot tons of people liked it. I actually really liked it. I thought it was well constructed, hmm. and I am not a fan of evil Superman or anything, but I thought that it actually fixed some of the greater story errors of the, what was just a video, an excuse to fight in a video game, which turned into a comic, which turned into a movie. Um, there's some better stuff in it, uh, by the, by the end. And I, they took the best stuff of the comic and you kind of, if you just kind of like get around evil Superman for being the sake of evil Superman, then, um, I enjoy. I actually really enjoyed it, and some nice. of the performances were quite nice. Good. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, Frank, uh, that was all um, low light stuff that we talked about. But if you could tell people where to find us, that would be great. Well, you can find us at beerwithgeeks.com or at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. That's also where you can find all of our other shows, like Read Up that Tim mentioned, uh, his podcast where he talks about books intellectually and stuff. Uh, you can also uh, check us out. Uh, on Twitter at Beer with Geeks or email us at beerwithgeeks at gmail.com. You can find this show uh, anywhere podcasts are found. And uh, if you're listening to us, chances are you've already found us there. But uh, if you're not already subscribed, that would be huge. It would be a huge help to get every episode. And, and that really, really helps us out. Um, and also, if you could leave a rating or review, if you haven't done that already, um, subscribing and, and reading and, re- and or reviewing a show 
um, helps us tremendously in terms of getting found by by new people. So um, please consider doing that if you haven't already. Um, anywhere podcasts are found, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts, um, you can you can find Beer with Geeks. So just give it a search and us and all the other Thought Bubble audio shows. Thank you very much. A cool Frank. Well, thank you so much for being my friend all the way through 2021. I appreciate it. I would it. not have it any other way, my friend. Same. Well, until next time then. Cheers. cheers. And happy new year. Happy new cheers. <laughs>